Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, Deep Six Pro Wrestling Podcast fans. I am joined tonight by Randy. We got the Nostradamus M in the house, and we have a special guest, one of our Deep Six Pro Wrestling Podcast followers, Carlos Garcia. Where you at, Carlos? Hey, gentlemen. I'll be joining you very soon after the theme song hits. Welcome to the show, so why don't we get this show started? Why don't we? Agility from the champion. Uh-oh. Oh, 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 six. That could be a delivery. Good evening, everybody. Randy, M, and Carlos, thank you for joining us tonight. Can you see? Uh, hey, guys. Uh, what is going on? Here for the first time, uh, for me at least, on this podcast. Welcome. Thank you for uh, allowing me on this. Can, can I say it is not a pleasure to have to uh, share the screen <laughs> with this mongoloid today? But I was, I, he, he says this stuff. I was about to off camera, he's so different. I mean, he's my brother. Don't get me wrong; he's a brother of mine, but he's still my yeah. brother. So you know, it's Let's it's funny you say it. you say it's your first, and if you don't bring it, you might make your last too. So you better you better bring <laughs> your game, buddy. Because we lost his hair a long time ago. So, oh. Carlos, why don't you introduce yourself really quick? Uh, to well, everybody, uh, my name is Carlos. Uh, I used to work in the professional wrestling circuit as the Latin Rage. I actually trained with. This mongoloid, uh, when we we're 16 my, years old, my uh, I retired in the year 2007, uh, but I did a lot of circuits, uh, NWA, Pittsburgh, uh, NWL in uh, Maryland, which was mostly based out of uh, rural parts of uh, Pennsylvania. Um, done a lot of circuits in the Midwest uh, until I retired. So a former uh, professional wrestler. Oops, sorry. And that's awesome. Now, uh, so let me let me. Uh, so I'm assuming that's how you met M uh, was uh, in the wrestling scene. Yeah, yeah, I met him actually. Where he was 16, was I was 15. 1998. Yeah, I've known this idiot uh, from 1998. Bet, <laughs> say, those now. Words, can't I said, say those words. I said idiot. Idiot <laughs> is a good word. Now, right? now, be nice to our guest. So I'm, I'm a heel. I knew. Thomas, I so. knew this fool. Uh, when he before his broken legs and back. Um, besides that, we went to a school uh, that was by a guy named Ben Legerstein. Oh, he ran a school on uh, 58th Street between eight, uh, 9th and 10th at uh, City Parks uh, Rec Center. Um, it's actually across the street from John Jay College. We actually, I gotta like accumulate all this stuff from VHS into DVD. But me and him actually were featured on Good Day New York in 1998, uh, uh, and we actually the school the actual ring was an old WWE professional uh, prototype ring yeah, it was from 20, the 20, 20 by 20 uh, 1989 ring. At the time, it felt like, like a 1989 ring. Well, to actually break it down, the current rings right now. They have a thing called flexi beams where the support beams will actually give way. Yeah, this back then it, it wasn't that way. We actually had a big giant coil spring in the middle of the ring. So the sweet spot was if you're going to bump, you have to land right in the middle of the ring just to get the uh, 
just the bump out of that and get the sound out of it and not to hurt yourself as well. Hey, listen, wow. that's not as bad as the one we wrestled in. Oh, broke Pedro. Yeah, so, that one, well, uh, they that's went, a different story. That Gotta one to another time. No, no, real quick. That, that one, they left a uh, screwdriver, screwdriver <laughs> and I'm taking bombs and I'm like, uh, Pedro, I think there's something inside the ring mat. And he's like, no, no, there's nothing. It's impossible. And I went home. I had black and blues all over my arm. <laughs> And the next week I go to, to, to the wrestling class and he's like, oh, yeah, I left this screwdriver. In <laughs> I'm like, you So this went on for a while uh, in our rinky-dink 16 by 16 ring, which is way smaller. Um, but you know what? It's also in a church. Yeah. That was fun. That, yeah. That's another story. That's to a be whole told. different story. But um, we went, we go back a uh, ways back we when, you know. We do have history, and even so, after even his time ended, I kept on in the independent scene for a little while until it was time for me to retire. And pretty much, that's my pretty much my my background. So, with your questions and the way I might view things, will be more or less as a former worker in regards to being in the industry. So, hey, listen, you can agree or disagree; it's all good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's very interesting how uh, how the four of us uh, have come to full circle at this point. I mean, I met Randy in 2001 at Continental Airlines Arena waiting outside uh, to get, uh, I think it was uh, SmackDown tickets. Um, and uh, that's that's how we met. And now now it's going on 20 years. And then oh. and I think you came into your store around 2014. But here's that's how I both met yeah. you and Randy were because yeah. Emmy used to hold the uh, WWE pay-per-views. You guys just come down. Uh, yeah. uh, Randy more so than you. And I mean, you eventually came out. So it was kind of like we built a bond from yeah. just knowing each other through the store. Wrestle, wrestling connects people from all different forms of life. And now I can't I, get rid of you guys. It's like, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> well, Carlos, thank you so much for hopping on tonight, man. Uh, you know what? It's my pleasure. You know, I talked to him, you and Randy. I said, you know what? I would love to come on the podcast and share my opinions on you know, any discussion, whether it's AEW, WWE, ROH, whatever the case may be. But you know, unfortunately, but today's is is AEW show. And you know what? <laughs> I would love to share my opinions uh, in regards to, you know, the subject that I have. Awesome. So uh, on that note, we're going to dive right into it. First off, uh, for those that are viewing, uh, please give us a like and a subscribe. And just so you know, we are also available on iTunes, Google Play, and um, Spotify. That's where you can find us on the audio. If you can't watch us during the week. And also BackSportsPage.com for all your news uh, reviews, interviews, sports news. Um, you can also find our podcast mm-hmm. on there on YouTube. So we are going to talk AEW Dynamite. Okay. Um, we had a pretty decent show. Actually, um, I thought it was actually a great show. I thought it was actually one of the better shows. Yeah, I mean, you know what it was? It, like, it, was, it wasn't a, a lot of big things that happened. Um, I saw this show as, uh, as a build. Like, this show was slowly building. So, I mean, you had MJF and a squash match, which we'll talk about a little later. You had uh, two women, uh, women, two women going out in the ring that we haven't really seen too much of. They're trying to develop their uh, the women's division. So, a couple things going on. 
Um, so I don't know. For me, it was a good show. Um, not their best, but far from their worst. It was it was a good show. AEW is generally good every single week. I have no no problems. But uh, the first match we're going to talk about. Man, we were blessed with an opening match. That was a great match. We were actually we were gifted a great match. This was a pay per view quality match, in my opinion. But for the TNT Championship, we had Cody Rhodes versus the debuting Eddie Kingston from the Indies. Uh, I've heard of his name many times. I never really knew much about him. Kind of knew what he looked like. But he came out, and he impressed everybody. Uh, Randy, I know you are ready to go. What are your thoughts on this match? I thought Eddie Kingston came out, made a, a nice impact immediately. Uh, yeah. Huh? And, and what's even funnier was how Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone were building it up too. And look, Em and I say this every single week on this show. We really, really, really do. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, no words. So we say it every single week on this show. I'm trying to figure out what the purpose of Arn Anderson being in Cody Rhodes's corner is. And, uh, Taking away that point, I thought Cody looked good. Eddie Kingston made a, you know, made a great first impression. The thumbtacks was a nice touch. And I think it was the first time in years I've actually seen someone give up in the figure four leg lock, which was it was a, a little bit of a refreshing change to actually see a submission hold like that and you know that kind of uh, ending of a match. Em is going to argue with me on it, and that's fine. They are what that's what we're here for. I am so but, happy. That Randy realizes that I'm gonna I'm gonna take issue with that because I do. We have seen people give up and how we saw Cody Rhodes submit uh, Sean Spears in a figure four just a couple of months ago. So, it, but, I'm, but I'm saying, remember, remember again, presentation and the crap that we're used to being fed. It's nice to see a right, group. It, it's new, but it has happened recently. Is what I'm trying to say. But right, I'm I'm saying of. It's nice to see a wrestling show and actually see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll agree with you. There's, there's some, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Oh, hold that's, on. That's, yeah, yeah. Difficulty. No, I, I clicked on something and, yeah, the feedback is coming. <laughs> no, so like um, I was saying, I, it was refreshing not only to see that, but also to see a more, uh, I, I dare to call it a hardcore match, uh, presented on TV when we're so used to seeing this bland baby go lucky uh, stuff from from the other company that shall not be named today, Carlos. I'm looking at you. Don't don't <laughs> not yet. But uh, mm. it, it was refreshing, and uh, the simple fact that they threw out thumbtacks thumb and uh, had had a hard hitting match, man. And it was the first match going. I'll tell you that. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, sorry. I'm sorry. I was just saying this one thing too, and Em and I talked about this last night during the show. They needed to have a match where Cody had a little bit of sympathy and he had to get gritty and dig down and have him a little bit of the underdog. And that they presented Cody that way last night, and it was the first time in a while where they did, and it actually came across very well. Before I, I turn it over to Carlos, the one last thing I, I want to make was. Uh, the fact that you, you say Arn Anderson doesn't fit, and I've been saying this for, for weeks, but I still see that term coming, man. I honestly think that that he's going to do something with the four horsemen eventually. I don't know, but I don't see Cody and Arn being together too much longer. 
So, Carlos, let me ask you this. Um, uh, Carlos, let me ask you this. I'm going to piggyback off of that, M. Okay. Do you think Cody turns on M? I'm sorry, on um, oh, Arne to go with the four horsemen in Blatchard? I'm not sure if I see that yet. I think that the road. Arne right now. probably do the turn before Cody could do a turn. So you think Arne is the one that does the turn? I think it's because Cody is the Belinda babyface right now. He is just, he's just what he is. He's just Cody. He's the guy that is the face of the company. He's, he's the star. Yeah, he's, he's the one of the face. big stars of the company. He doesn't really need Arn, but having Arn because of like the whole Horseman feud with his dad, it it, it kind of transcends to modern day. Oh, you know, we got something to work with here. Um, with the match of Eddie Kingston, I did enjoy it. I wasn't expecting much because I'm not a fan of Eddie Kingston. Um, not being biased or anything. It's just like you look at Eddie Kingston and I'm sorry, no disrespect to Eddie Kingston, but he looks like chewed bubblegum. I like that. No, no disrespect, fact, but I'm going to disrespect you right now. <laughs> well, it is what it is. And the fact that he was able to take Cody to the line Limited. and have a great, match with hardcore rules and you know you wouldn't really think of it and one thing is even though i'm not a fan of eddie kingston one thing i will give him credit for is that he's great in his promos he can get you sucked in the second he grabs a mic and he has like the new york accent and he just well i know he's from here here. but like the fact that he can grab your attention and he can just draw off, and he's like just going at it with Arn Anderson too. He's like, "I'll poke your eye yeah, out if you get your yourself out. Listen, I, I think that was you a know, shot at WWE. Like, oh, oh absolutely. absolutely. You know, oh. and but I loved it, and the match came off great for a guy that really I would never figure that he's capable of doing that much. Uh, I mean, all I saw him was really pretty much the recent NWA stuff. And I was just like not impressed. You know, he's hanging out with Homicide, blah, blah, blah. Homicide's pretty much at the end of his rope. So, but the fact is, is that he actually, him and Cody worked great. And they actually pushed it to the limit that they made him believable as a uh, credible threat. And I actually can appreciate that. Listen, one thing I want to say is uh, I want to shout out uh, Albert. He did bring a point, man. He did sell his boost to pay his mortgage. That's pretty impressive because... I don't think my boots are that expensive. I, I have wrestling boots, but nobody wants to buy them. <laughs> I mean, I have sneakers, and I doubt anybody wants to buy those. Well. You're My old man sneakers. It brings up the point of how much is your mortgage if you only have to sell your wrestling boots to pay it. So, <laughs> But, you know, the angle was, uh, it, even though it wasn't an angle, I think it was good. I don't know in regards to the setup. Uh, whether one of the others is going to turn. I see it more on Arn. I, I, I see Arn can go heal very quick and that. turn on Cody because Cody's too much of a baby. Uh, I mean, Arn's been a heel for most of his career, 35% of his career. He's not a good heel. He just doesn't do it because he's too clean cut. He's just Valena. He's just too one way that you can't really make him a believable. Um, all right, cut it short real quick. He's just not a believable heel. For me, he's a better baby face, and he'll always be a baby face. So Arn, who's an experienced heel, will get that threshold. The horseman will do the horseman. Yeah. 
So we see Eddie was brought in by Tony Khan. So that's how Eddie Kingston uh, came into this match. Uh, as uh, you guys know already, was challenged, uh, challenged uh, uh, Cody. Uh, great match back and forth. Uh, Cody Rhodes gets the win. Kingston power bombs Cody uh, into those thumbtacks, which I thought Ooh, was a I great spot of the night. Sorry, in his face. <laughs> Unbelievable. Like, you know what? The storytelling was very good on this match. I, I was a happy camper the first 25 minutes of the show. Um, You know what? I was sold right from the beginning. Once that powerbomb hit, I was like, oh, this is going to be a great show. There's a lot to be uncovered today. It was a great start to the show. Uh, I don't even know what the other brand did. Uh, I'll have to find out like tomorrow or. I know AEW. One thing, one thing I know that, that the other company did was uh, their champion gave away one of his championship belts. So. Oh, <laughs> darn it, Ben. You just released a spoiler. Oh, my Thanks, God. Sir. I, have, Thanks, Earl. I totally forgot. Thanks, Earl. <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> Moving on. Thanks. <laughs> Say no more. Uh, moving on. Um, we <laughs> thanks, Earl. Unbelievable. Uh, we had uh, MJF in a squash match. We won't spend too much time on here, but we had MJF in a squash match uh, against Griff Garrison, making his AEW debut. He wins with the Heat Seeker. Impressive um, DDT pile driver, like off of the second rope. Um, before we move on to the next topic, what did you guys think of MJF uh, last night? You go ahead and I'll speak after. That's the, um, big, that's the big man up there. Goes first, man. Come on, it guys. Was, it was. It was what it was. Then the bell rang. It was exactly what it was supposed to be. MJF's a heel. He gets over. He's undefeated. And meanwhile, he still can't get on Fighter Fest uh, night two and or Fight of the Fallen. So, you know, the simple man. fact of the matter. Yeah, it was it was a squash match. It served his purpose. He's he's an asshole. That's what he does. PG thirteen. Well, that's secondly PG. I mean, it's not PG. <laughs> so, all right, let me say my point real quick in regards Absolutely. to that. All right, I loved it because MJF. No matter whether you like him or not, a lot of people hate him in real life. In regards to people in the backstage that I know that are still listen, in this, listen, listen, he's from Long Island. What I'll, do you expect? I'll tell you this. <laughs> I know people from Long Island, but <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you this. He is hands down in this industry right now. No matter what the company is, the best heel that you could ever find. He's just so natural in being such a douche, but he can back it up and work his. A off. And I can't argue that. Pull it off every day of the week, no matter what day it is. And that's the thing I will say about MJF. He is that talented. That how how, how can I argue that? You can't. I mean, the guy has to give yeah. the jab. I mean, you know what? I, I even went back to watch it today just to see. It wasn't very interesting like or, or, or deep what he said. He, he just made a, a point about being on. on Undefeated, and it's true. He is undefeated. The, you why? Know, wait, hold on. Why right. is he? Why is he not in the title scene? I but, mean, we're yeah. goddamn it! Wait. <laughs> oh, they're headed that way because of the angle that happened. Just real quick, it's the fact that he pointed out at some jobber that looked like Jungle Boy, and he called him Jungle Man. Come on, like he really put thought into this. And he was like, "I'm gonna embarrass you." I mean, call you someone else, and really. then I'm going to punk you out. This, this has been going on in BTE. This, this was, I'm just saying, that's what I noticed 
from the get-go was that. It was just like, hey, Jungle Man. He's like, my name ain't Jungle Man. And he's like some unknown guy. Well, you okay. know, he, he worked a couple of darks, but then he pummeled him and he forced him to say, I'm sorry. And I was like, dude, that's such heat. That is the heat that you need. You know, that makes, like, the second this guy even just got one off his boom. The, the, the fans right around the ringside were like, oh, my God, yes, yes. Like, dude, you need someone like him to propel the next guy. If you want next guy to be the biggest baby face in the company, you need that guy. Definitely hired in any company that he wants to be. Guaranteed. And your thoughts on MJF last night? Wait, me? Yeah. Oh, no, he was great. I mean – there's not much to say. It was a, it was a short segment. It was, it was memorable. I like how they're booking him. I know, of course, but like I said, it was, no overexposure. My my point and will always be like, all right, if we are going by win loss record, then he should be at the front of the line. He, he, he will. I, I think he's getting that next title match with uh, John Moxley. Not to say he's going to win right away, but I think he's getting that next title match. Real quick, I think that it's just that he's so hot they want to. Hold them off. They don't want to make them too quick to be in that type of contention to bury them. They want them to be that hot real quick. You know, just so that we they put them to the side, bring them on the next uh, baby face that's that hot. Just yeah, and, way. And, and I know some of these organizations, the AEW, WWE, they're, they're, you know, they've, they're holding off on some big angles because, you know, till, till crowds come in, whenever that may be. All right. Next who, know, who knows when it will be, man? Because I'm thinking end of the year, honestly. At least here in the States. Like I said, Japan already started, so they're way ahead of us. And now we'll always bring Japan into this conversation. <laughs> Albert Soto says MJF is the type of guy you'd love to hate. Definitely. The dude yeah. lives his yeah. gimmick, and that is mm-hmm. something you don't see any, any anymore. You know, you, Everyone drops kayfabe. Uh, they're online. Sorry. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> no, I was supposed to go to work tonight. <laughs> Great thing to admit as you're on the podcast. Hey, guys, I called out to be on the podcast. My boss don't watch this. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I'm not hiring you, by the way, if you get fired. Yeah, I was going to say, now, now unemployed Carlos Garcia. <laughs> um, Britt Baker. Oh, Britt Baker. Uh, Rule number four says do not count out the role model. Particularly at All Out, I'm thinking she is going to be able to wrestle in time for All Out and yeah. Yeah. get that match with Swell. That's the the feud that they've been building the past uh, month or two already. But you know what? It's going to end simply that Swole's going to fuck. Sorry, I didn't say that. So uh, Swole is going to win. She's going to. You know, it's it's it, you build it so much with the heel, with the whole nose thing, the broken nose. She came out, and I thought it was great. And she called Tony Schiavone an a-hole, and I was like, oh, my God, she figured it out, what it means to be a heel, and she's celebrating it. Sorry, Randy, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's just he's my so mom over here. My so he's so excited. Up when I he's got, excitable like, yeah. tonight. <laughs> Sorry, Randy. Go ahead. Randy, the wrestling god, shall speak now. My apologies. I didn't mean to cut you off. 
Listen, it's okay. I do four other podcasts a week, so if I could just if I can mail this one in, it'll be all right too. You know what I mean? Dude, I gotta watch the coach. Uh, the, the one you did with the coach. I didn't. I, I didn't see the full uh, thing. I saw a couple of minutes of it. I gotta tell you something. He told me before the show started, which was so interesting, and another reason why we're not bringing up the other company on the show ever again. Uh, so listen, as far as Baker's goes, look, it's the same thing. I'm gonna be, I've been saying for the last four weeks. This is one of those sound bites I should just record myself saying, and every single time we get to the topic press it again so we can keep saying she has made herself one of the most relevant characters on AEW without having to be in the ring her in-ring work needs improvement but I will say she, her character is so over that if she, if she, the live crowd was here they'd be booing the hell out of her and that'll it'll eventually turn her face no, that's I think that they would boo her so much that she would be the likable heel. I don't want that to happen. Exactly. Because once you have that Steve Austin type of situation where you have an anti-heel, you know, where you have like you want to cheer for him because he's that good of a heel that you have to force him to baby face. But then you're just like kind of like, no, but that's not the whole idea. We it's have okay. just it's okay. Heel, you know, like, like right now, though, again, I know M hates when I say this, but I'm going to say it again. Right now, she is more relevant than the champion. Yeah, because she's getting more TV time than the AEW Women's Champion. We'll we'll talk and, about that. We're gonna talk about that in a minute because we're gonna touch on the women's uh, match tonight. So let's save yeah. that discussion for a little later. No, I, okay. I know, but I understand. But you have to understand that we're, we're talking about Baker right now. I know, but let's is, not go off because that will take us off track. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm just saying, that Baker Baker has done a tremendous job. Um, and I, I think for her, she wants to develop her. She wants to develop her own personality, not the dentist, and not being Adam Cole's girlfriend. She has done a great job of taking the role model thing and become relevant by herself. And I think that says a lot about yeah. her and you the work that she. She dropped the dentist thing and did the role model thing, and it was the best thing for her career right now. I agree that that she embraced this role and she just went with it. And is just more hysterical, as you see. Because honestly, even in the beginnings of her heel stage, I wasn't a fan of her. I was like, nah, I'm not buying her. I'm not buying her. As time goes by, she has like the Rolls Royce and the whole the whole gimmick. I'm like, oh my god, she's actually onto something. And I'm like, and as as things develop, I'm like, she can actually be a really good heel. She's actually getting to that point. In regards to the women's division, at least, you know, I, it, her character is so good. The work that she's doing right now is so good that it is totally overshadowing the fact that she is still relatively green in the ring, and that's that's awesome because once she she gets much better in the ring as time goes on, like she's going to be something else. It, it's coming. Me and Emma have been saying it for three months now. That Britt Baker and Randy started believing us later on, but um, yeah, M and I, M and I, we've been seeing it. And you know what? A good way to get heat on Britt Baker to keep that good heel heat and not that likable heel heat is for Britt Baker to attack Sony Shivani and take him out for a couple weeks. Yep, Shivani is so likable. Because I remember when I we like were, him. how do you not like? Him? So <laughs> I, I like Tony Shivani. I'm a fan. Yeah, I, I'm a fan. I, I never really disliked him. I, mean, I wasn't a huge WCW fan, but 
Shivani's a likable dude. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you just have no taste in people. Like, you have me as a friend, so you know damn well you have no taste in people. My God. <laughs> 20 plus years exactly. of dealing so, with you. <laughs> he's dealing with Nostradamus. I, I've been calling this stuff. Randy can, can attest, and, and so can Wayne. I've been calling this stuff. I'm pretty much writing the show at this point, aren't I? Yeah, I well, mean, you did, you did, you did uh, a very good job when we talked about the TNT tournament, which was almost spot on to the T, almost every match. <laughs> Brian Cage promo with Taz. We had that last night. Some more development for Brian Cage. Darby comes out with the skateboard. Darby jumped from behind by Ricky Stark. So we haven't seen him in a couple weeks, but he gets jumped from behind. Cage with a vicious powerbomb onto the ramp and another powerbomb from the ramp into the ring. Um, (laughs) So, Randy, uh, Wayne put it out there. What do you think about this angle? I just want to go quick after you because I'll forget my thoughts, so I want to get it out there real quick. But you are our guest, Carl, so why don't you take it first? Yeah. All right. Um, I, I'm i going to be honest with you guys, and you know my opinion. I wasn't a Ricky Starks fan. I saw him in NWA even when he was the NWA TV champion. I wasn't a fan. But once I saw Dark before, I'm pretty sure you didn't see that, when uh, Cage uh, and they did the, review, uh, the thing, I mean, I thought that uh, – Darby was legitimately hurt because I saw his, I rewinded a couple of times when he banged him and then he just like his head bounced off the top rope. I was like, Oh, that's not good. And then he had, you know, and he, 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 I was like, that's the Ricky Stark that I probably want to see because I was like, wow, he had it in him all this this whole time. Cause I always thought he was just like, Oh, the flashy little, you know, cocky heel, you know, want to be baby face. But he came out as a dashly heel. I was like, wow, this guy actually has something that I never saw before. And I always judged him because I was like, ah, I wasn't a fan of him. I thought he wasn't up to par. But when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, this kid has something that everybody keeps telling me he has something. And I never saw it. So I'm going to leave it at that and take the floor. I mean, he has something, and that's the ability to hurt someone in the ring legitimately. I mean, you don't jump on somebody that hard, cons- considering the ring ropes are right there, like two two feet away Remember from your leg. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So th- this is why you like it. So it, it I, I, I like uh, Ricky. I like the whole segment. It's just uh, this set us back. Like we're not going to see the feuds that uh, we, we had planned in the next couple of weeks because now he has a concussion. You got to be a little more careful in the ring, man. I know the nerves are, are, are tight and you're all hype, but uh, rein it back a little. Don't, uh, don't. What, 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 what did you guys think of the development of Brian Cage? I, uh, I you know, I think that I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Uh, I feel that that I don't know how many years he's had. I, I mean, I never knew who the guy was really until you I heard that Brian Cage was. No, I never. His, his development has been pretty good these Lucha past couple weeks. What I did season one, season two of Lucha on the ground. He came into late, way later. Knew nothing about the guy. All I heard was that he was the Impact Champion and that his last show when he signed with AEW that he was going to job out. That's when he uh, messed up his arm. That's all I heard about the guy. 
I never really did any research on the guy, you know, this at the other. Uh, charisma wise, he needs tact. He's not a guy that can talk on the mic. That's that's a given. He needs tact. Uh, other than that, his work rate for a guy his size, and M hates guys his size, but this guy is an exception. This guy is not only a specimen, but this guy can actually work in the ring and do outstanding things. You know, I, I so agree. He he becomes a credible threat in the company, which is great. I just don't want him to be lost in the fold. I just want him to be like, okay, you know, Taz did the best for him by throwing the uh, towel in the ring so he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't lose steam. Now you got to build that steam back up again and, like, do something with Moxley where Moxley's not expecting it and just, like, blindside him again. I'm like, you know what? I want a rematch, and we're going to do this again. Like, you can't destroy the credibility that's already been built for this guy. You can't. He's just that good. Yeah. I think they've been doing a pretty good job with Cage. Uh, I, I, I think he's going to be hanging around the main event scene for a long time to come. Yeah, I mean, Randy, uh, what did you what did you think of the build of Brian Cage here? I, I think what what I liked about the segment and the whole segment as well is you're putting Ricky Star, Ricky Stark. I'm sorry, Ricky Stark, right in there, and he's all of a sudden right in the mix, in, in one of the in one of the main matches that of the last big show with Moxley and Cage. And now you're putting him with Darby, who's one of your most over faces on the show. So I think you're putting him right, right there. So I think that's, I think that's a great first impression after his match with Cody. The second part of it uh, with with Cage and Taz, look, I think the dynamic is good. We've been praising Taz for weeks on this show on how he's able to talk you into the building and make you want to watch. Cage just has to show up there, be big, and just show his skills. And uh, that's that's all you needed to do. And I had no problem with this segment. I, I know M hates the okay. fact that Moxley is uh, is sticking up for Darby Allen and not, you know, paradigm shifting him right at right at that spot. I know, but just they they have they have a bigger a bigger plan. I had no problem with the segment. And any quick thoughts about the segment before we move on? I mean, besides uh, one of the talent getting hurt and having to rewrite the next couple of weeks of uh, TV, no, oh, not, not really. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, what, listen, honestly, and, who took that concussion, by the way? What happened? Who took the concussion, by the way? Darby Allen, Dar- sir. Oh shoot! Yeah, they they announced it this morning. I mean, no cursing. <laughs> it wasn't Moxley. <laughs> it wasn't Moxley. He showed up with a baseball bat. And just- so it looks like we're not going to see Darby Allen until All Out, and then it's just going to be promo build and run-ins. Let me let me say this. I'm sorry. I don't care for Darby Allen because I don't I don't hate the guy. He's talented, but he's not a top-notch main eventer. And they push him so hard, and I just scratch my head trying to figure out why would you push this guy? I'll, tell you, I'll guy, tell you why. I just don't get it. Because when there was a crowd there, they connected with him. You had people coming in with the face paint. And, and I wouldn't. I'm I sorry. Mean, that, it has nothing to do with you, bro. It's like half of the people were there and they were chanting him. Uh, he, right. he was made by Cody, man. That, that, brought to, that, that Broadway, that Broadway did it. It, it brought him to the forefront and – he, he's here. He's one of their stars. And you got to make peace with that. I'm not a huge Darby Allen fan, but I see the appeal. He's, he's uh, gritty. He's, uh, he's, do- he's doing the skateboard stuff. All right, let's go to the next segment. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank you, boss. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. We have the Bucks versus Butcher and the Great. Blade oh. in a Falls Count Anywhere match. The match starts out in the kitchen. Yeah, I loved it. Wanted to get Sorry, the match started right away. Um, we, we have the Bucks finally find them as Butcher and the Blade are busy chopping their meat and cutting their steak. Whatever it is that they're doing. <laughs> And lo and behold, the referee, you hear the bell ring, and these guys are going at it with the power bomb on the steel table. Young Bucks with the wind jumping off the scaffold at the end of the match, putting their opponents through the table with the pinfall. Um, we had a, a very good match. We won't spend that much time on this because we have a lot to talk about still. Your thoughts on this Falls Counts Anywhere match? Uh, I liked it. It was fun. It was a car crash, pretty much what it is, and it did nothing to help the butcher in the blade. I had no no issues. Again, Em and I sat there and said the same thing. Doesn't really help the butcher the blade, but it's always fun to watch a car wreck on uh, on TV, and that's pretty much what it was. Em, your thoughts on this match before we uh, move on to uh, Carlos? I'll make it as quick as possible. Because uh, my partner here is dying to talk. So what what I thought about it was that uh, honestly, as much as I love the Bucks, they needed to lose this one, man. Uh, the, the the butcher and the blade have lost so much credibility, and Randy says it every week. And you know now I'm ready to to concede that point to him. So that they, they the match was great. I mean there were a couple of sloppy uh, spots where uh, where this guy missed the table completely uh, on a dive. Yeah, that was terrible. I mean, it was painful, but but <laughs> I, ha- I have to do like uh, the, the the dog whispers. <laughs> so I mean, making it quick, man. It was what it was, and it was just another win for the Bucks. All right, for me, I love the match. Uh, I mean, even from the get go, when the the Bucks showed up in the kitchen, you got the butcher and the blade. They're just like hammering on meat, cutting the meat. It's like the gimmick that work in the gimmick. So they do this thing and it was great. Like there's like throwing the meat at these guys that work in the tables. They bring the whole thing from the kitchen to the actual ring. I mean, the bucks didn't need to win. They didn't need to win. Uh, if you want the butcher and the blade, you made a big deal about them a few months ago when they debuted. You now you lost. I mean, they lost steam since, um, you got to make them credible. Um, but I love the match. I really thought in regards to a segment match, uh, I, I I was a fan. I, I was sold. I was good with it. You know, very happy with it. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was uh, definitely the entertaining part of the night. Uh, you know, again, uh, great spot to end the match with the double on each one one uh, uh, elite member on each side jumping off the scaffold onto their opponent through the table to get the pinfall oh, win. Great ending, great ending. Um, it, was, it was cool. I mean, I you know I've seen I've seen better falls count anywhere matches, but this was good. I was pretty happy. Um, moving on, we also had the Lance Archer. Beat up three guys in the locker room in the middle of their promo with Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, building up Lance Archer here. I'm not too sure exactly where they're going with him, uh, except that he's telling everybody that uh, everyone is going to die. 
<laughs> any 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 quick thoughts on Lance Archer uh, well, guess on, on the build? Everybody's gonna die. Where are they going with him? Is is he gonna be? Is he gonna be a title holder eventually? What? Is, I just found it funny that I, I just found it funny that all of a sudden he picked somebody up and their head went through the ceiling. I thought that, oh, that was, was the funniest crazy. thing. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise it didn't do much for me. But again, it's just a promo, and it, it did what it was supposed to do. I mean, we we've seen this before. This is the same character he's portrayed for what seven, eight years in New Japan. This is nothing new. If you were a fan of him before, you'll be a fan of him now. I I like him. I don't I don't really have a problem with him. Uh, but obviously, Mr. Garcia here does not like him. And uh, I'm know, sure he'll tell us why. I'm going to keep it simple. I followed uh, Lance Archer when he was Lance Hoyt on his real name on TNA. He was Vance Archer in WWE. Didn't matter. Nobody cared. And even with uh, the match that I saw with him and Moxley for the Intercontinental Championship, which was a hardcore match, I really didn't care. His style just does nothing for me. He's just a big body, tall guy that does all this power stuff, but it means nothing. That's just, that's my opinion. I'm sorry, guys, if you disagree. It's just it is what it is. It just it doesn't do anything for me. I feel like he has cooled off for a few weeks now. He was very hot going through the TNT tournament. And has cooled off after that. And I think that's mostly because he wasn't on TV. So we will see where they go with him. But I thought they were using him just right in the beginning. Listen, he prevents a formidable threat to win a future title. They just got to book him a little bit more serious. None of this hokey stuff. All right, let's next segment. <laughs> Listen, I say when it's the next segment. <laughs> All right, sorry. Next segment. Apologies. Diamante versus Iva Lise. Mm-hmm. AEW is clearly trying to get their women's division going. Um, as we know, we've had Chris Statlander injured. Britt Baker uh, has been out, not in the ring, although she's been doing some great work. So AEW is trying to work on their women's division. We can see that. Um, so a little bit of background. Ivelisse debuted. It was They uh, noted that she was trained by Savio Vega, which I thought was pretty interesting. We had a great back and forth, brutal match. I had no problem with the match one bit. Um, Diamante with a quick roll up for the win. Randy, your thoughts? This was a great idea. Then until the bell rang, um, this was this was a tough one to watch. I, I, you're saying it's not bad. I'm wondering what you were watching. Uh, listen, you can always say what you want about that other company, but at least their their women's matches are a lot more watchable than this. This was tough to watch. Uh, if, well, if, WWE <laughs> women's matches have been amazing. Ah, you're not supposed to say that. Strike two. You're not supposed to say that name. Listen, uh, Golden Board's company. Look at the end. Whatever the reasoning was, this just did not click, and it was just it was a tough match to watch. And like I said, this has the definition of then the bell rang, all over it. And then Carlos, uh, what were your thoughts on the women's match? Well. Two things. One, I was trying to figure out that 
uh, Diamante had like LAX written on her fuck uh, on her tights. And I was like, wait a minute, was she part of LAX on the former TNA thing? I don't, I'm not sure. But then Evie Lisa was like, wait, I think she was a TNA girl too. She was a knockout or something like that, right? So I didn't like the match. It was discombobulated. There were certain spots that I did like. I did like the constant chops. I did like the uh, the fight back where they just like slapped the hell out of each other. I was cool with that. But then I was like, okay, now let's get into an actual match. And they couldn't pull it off. And I was just like, uh, yeah, pass. Yeah, I'm so. going to keep it short and sweet. And uh, my thoughts on this are what in the hell were you guys thinking putting these two in the ring on Dynamite? And not only were they on Dynamite, one had only one win on Dark. And she's going to go against the champion next? I think they were both TNA girls. That's it why. doesn't matter. The, but the point, fact that they were on a different company, they were already exposed. Matter. And Nostradamus says it does not matter. Uh, it uh, should not have gotten <laughs> to this point. We should not see any one of these two girls challenge the champion. First of all, they were. They, what do they do? Collect unemployment? Come on, stop. Listen, honestly, they need, they need if <laughs> if we're saying that that wins and losses matter, then uh, how can a girl who's uh, what is it? You ain't laughing. Two. <laughs> <laughs> Two and three go against the champion. I'm sorry. And, and the match itself was just horrific, man. Oh. Listen, <laughs> it's clearly three against one on this. Um, I, am gonna, I am going to go back and watch this match. I mean, I, I, you, I, you, I, I, I had no problem it was with that. Not, it, was, it was nothing. It was sloppy. It was unbearable. No, it was. Like, I should have gone. Get, and I'll say know? it again. I should have gone to the bathroom. I, and I told Randy that yesterday. I was like, yeah, I should have went to the bathroom. And now next week, I know when to go to the bathroom. And it sucks because those are, I thought those days were gone. All right. Next uh, topic. Oh, thank you, Wayne. <laughs> I didn't know you were sitting next to me. <laughs> we got uh, Hangman Page versus Five. Um, some some okay. more building uh, for uh, Hangman going on here. Uh, we see uh, Hangman with the power bomb and the wind with Dark Order looking looking on. So it looks like they may. It looks like they're starting a little sidetrack feud with uh, Paige and uh, Dark Order, setting up for their future match. Um, but um, moving on. Um, Uno and Grayson are the number one contenders of uh, the tag team titles. We see Brody try to recruit Hangman into the Dark Order. Hangman turns them down. Brody says, you made your bed. Now you lie on it. Then we see the Dark Order attack. Uh, We see a five-on-one scenario going on here. Brody walks away. Um... FTR comes out with the save. Omega comes out late after the save was already made. Hangman has a beer. Looks like there's a build to a split eventually happening here. Um, Randy, your thoughts on the builds with Hangman right now? It looks like they are finally working towards uh, a Hangman split. So interesting dynamic. We have Hangman with FTR getting friendly with each other last week in the bar. And then we have Omega, the one that is 
gone on and with back back and forth with FTR, spilling the beer out, and then FTR dumping beer in retaliation on Omega. So it looks like there's uh, a little friction going on here, which could eventually lead to a split between Omega and Hangman. When that might be, we're not too sure. Maybe all out. But Randy, your thoughts on uh, what's going on here with uh, Hangman? Just a quick little funny side note with this match. Em and I were sitting there saying they were advertising Brody Lee, but Brody Lee didn't go all the way to the end of the match. Look, I I enjoyed what the match was. It was a way for us to see Hangman Page in a one-on-one match. We haven't seen him in a one-on-one situation like that in very in a very long time. We know what they're trying to build towards. They they want to have the dissension. Where does Hangman's uh, loyalty lie? Does it is it with Omega? Is it with F- FTR? I like where they're going with it. It's the slow build. I know M is patiently waiting for uh, the, the heel turn, but I, I, it's coming, and I had no problem with this. No problem with the segment. I'm trying to figure out exactly how the Dark Order is the number one contender after we really haven't seen them in tag action too often, especially on Dynamite. So, no problem with the segment. Obviously, they're, they're, there's a lot of moving pieces to it. It was fine. And what did you think of this? It was good. I, I didn't have a lot of thoughts on it. Uh, it was uh, interesting how uh, FTR came out to Hangman's page. I, I said that this would happen in the beginning of this segment. Uh, no one believed me, and that's the whole Nostradamus part right there. And uh, that's what, exactly what happened. I'm telling you, I'm actually writing this. Like th- th- That's how good my predictions are becoming. But Carlos- do, you have, do you have next week's lottery numbers? Nice chance? In regards to that, I want the Dark Order to be something like an NWO. I want it to actually mean something where it's like they can grab the company's jobbers and actually conform them to be better. But like what I was trying to revert to in an earlier discussion with Alan Angels, they didn't need to call him Alan Angels. They should just call him number five. You know, and he's just number five. You know, just like everybody else. You don't need to call him Preston Scott, number nine, you know? It's just like, no. They're numbers now because they're going under a siege of, you know, uh-oh, uh, the Dark Order thing, right? That's probably like Evil Uno, like, cutting the feed. But anyways, it's like, Call them by the numbers. Don't call them by the names because now you got something good. Now it's like, okay, every jobber that you want to give the mask to, come with us. We'll make you a better superstar. And it's like you got something there that it can actually manifest into like a new world order, but it won't be like how NWO was where they dominated, but it was just out of idiocracy. You know, it this one can actually mean something where it's like, you know what? We got, you know, Mr. Brody Lee controlling the puppets. And everyone that becomes a number is the puppets. And he just manipulates them. Yeah, absolutely. Now, (laughs) let me me ask you guys this. Uh, Let me ask you guys this. I want to pitch an idea for you. And then, Randy, I want to know what you you think. Um, I'm thinking that this is how it's going to work out. Omega is in the middle of his heel turn. Okay, so that's going to happen. I'm thinking, M, you finally get your wish. You get your wish that 
Omega will turn heel by All Out. You're finally going to get your wish, and we've been talking about this for months now. We're finally going to get the best out of Omega going forward. Yeah. Okay? Then, hear me out. Give it a couple months. They've been building Hangman all this time. Hangman will be the one to take the title off of Omega, maybe by, let's just say, double or nothing next year. Randy, what do you think about that? I think it's going to happen. Oh, I think it's going to happen, but I think what's again, the timing is everything. I don't think they really want to do that turn until the crowd is there. I think that their initial idea was probably going to do it in Newark during Blood and Guts. The real question is going hey, to be listen, is, we don't even know if we're going to get fans in the arena by then. I think we will. I think we will at that point. I think we're, I think eventually the real question is going to be is Kenny going to turn on him or is. Page got to turn on Kenny. Uh, you know, uh, Adam Page does not want to be with the elite anymore. And it'll be very interesting how this thing with Tully and RN and FTR, this whole thing comes about. We'll see what happens. I think if we get that next cutaway with Page and Anderson and, Anderson and Tully and FTR all in the bar together, we know what's happening. M, your thoughts on my theory about the possibility of Omega winning this title from Moxley come August and dropping the title to Handman. Honestly, I don't have a problem with that scenario. I'd rather see that scenario, but before we get there, we need the tag team champions to uh, drop those titles. And that means- I think that would happen probably by all out. I, I honestly, I hope it does, or, or somewhere near that time frame. You, you have two great singles stars hogging up those titles when there's too many teams there. Carlos, you're killing me. Say whatever you're gonna say. You're killing me. Here, here's what I'm gonna say. I think that Kenny has to do the heel turn, but the only day is do the heel turn. I think that he has to do the heel turn to like F, uh, FTR. Let them get the tag belts. But go back to Moxley because this is what I told him from the original Moxley feud. It was so quick and it was done with. Nobody even cared. I'm sorry. If you suplex me onto a bed of barbed wires, I'm not going to forgive you. I'm going to try to kill you. You know, I'm going to come back at you. So now this is all disappeared out of all, all of a sudden. No, we need him to turn heel now. And we need. To get rid of a cowboy, lose the belts, and have him become the well, number one well, heel that can question. actually give up the uh, – actually not give up, but like propel the next big right, heavyweight right. because Moxley's a bum. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Sorry, hold on. he's a bum. Stop, stop with the whole generalizations and, and – What? Opinions. What do you want? I want to ask you. All right. Let's say they, they drop the titles, right? Right. What do you do with Hangman at that point? that point you make him the biggest baby face people love him the cowboy s the cowboy s everybody loves that stuff you know so you put him as the next big uh baby face but the thing is he's kind of like the lex luger of what the industry is right now and what i mean by that is that he doesn't have the body of lex luger but he has like that he has more character luger you know he has more character six foot one 220 pounds but he, he has a lot of talent but his promos aren't there so he's like another luger he's just waiting for a flare to help him get over that hump to make him credible that's what i see in regards to him i totally disagree 
No, I, I totally agree with my opinion. M, before we move on, I want to hear why you disagree. Okay. Well, I mean, we've seen him act. We've seen him get over. So for, for someone to say that he has no personality and, and, and can't do it, I mean, we've seen it already. The, the, the fact is that the people love him, so how can't he do it? He's already done it. There's a reason why we're all chanting to see him either turn on, on Kenny or lose it and go solo. But honestly, you can't say he hasn't done it if he's already done it. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I mean, hey, listen. He's drinking people's beer and drank it with them, and people have cheered. I mean, just listen to the crowd. Exactly. I mean, the crowd, the crowd was loving him. He was getting over. He was getting over. So you can't sit there and say that he can't get over when he was already over when all this happened. Listen, Carlos, I get your point. Uh, Hangman was coming off a little bland when they during his first title match with Jericho. Uh, so I got to give you that. I have to give you that. But then since then, there was a couple layers added to his character. Uh, it, it, listen, if his if his char- uh, character is the drinking a beer and being a rebel and you know being standoffish, you know what? If that's what it is, it's good because you know what? At least it's his character. It's it's it's, it's something about who he currently is. So that's what I wanted. I'd rather see that out of him than nothing that we were getting out of him first couple months. But now we're seeing different layers. His cowboy ass is uh, hanging out at the bar. At least there's a little character there. We we're starting to know a little more about who he is as time goes on, and that's how he was getting over. What did you think about Sam, uh, Sammy Guevara as Serpentica? <laughs> we will get there later, but I oh, thought that was oh, pretty we, cool. We, we skipped the segment. My we did skip a segment. Uh, I like to skip segments sometimes because there are some things that aren't worth talking about sometimes. But moving on, next week we have the... Dark Order, Evil Uno and Grayson versus Hangman and Omega for the tag team titles, which should be awesome. We got Sheeta. Okay, we just talked about a few months ago. One-on-one with Diamante. They are clearly trying to build that women's division, and we all know Sheeta is going to get the win there. We have Darby Allen and Moxley versus Cage and Ricky Stark in tag team tornado matches. As we were explaining earlier, they were building uh, to something, and that something is in a match next week, tornado match. I am looking forward to that. AEW can't go any wrong with tag team matches. Um, and then we're going to get the TNT championship match. Who knows what we're going to uh, get as far as Cody Rhodes' opponent goes. Um, but the TNT championship uh, match every week that Cody's been in can't go wrong. Uh, I'm loving every bit of it. Give me some more TNT championship. Uh, main event time. Main event, we have Jurassic Express versus Jericho and Jack Hager. I don't know if you guys noticed, but there was a little character layer added to Jake Hager last night. He needs with the shorts. He has he nothing needs, else going for him. He needs, yeah, uh, he needs a little, a couple nuances added to him to kind of build his character, um, whatever that might be going forward. He's kind of coming off as like a bland bodyguard right now, if if you ask me. Yeah, oh, uh, Inner Circle's great. I mean, they're the best faction in uh, since Nexus. But uh, moving on to recap the match before I get back to you guys. Um, 
We see interference. Carlos, you brought it up. Serpentico, um, who oh, the heck is uh, this guy? Interferes with the ball like... bat. Helps Jericho win with the code breaker. Jericho gets the pinfall. Then we see Serpentico unveil his mask as Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara yeah, hasn't been uh, with the AEW for the last six weeks. I was very happy about seeing Sammy back with the unveiling. Um, best friends and Orange Cassidy come to the save. So now this sets up a main event for next week. We have a five-on-five main event, Inner Circle versus Best Friends and Jurassic Express. Randy, take it away. What did you think of uh, this main event segment tonight? You're muted, Rand. Randy. I'm muted. Okay, you're back. There you go. All right. Especially when it says the host has unmuted your mic. I pretty much been muted all evening so anyway um look at the end of the day the the uh, the match was fine i had no problem with the match it's something that we discussed about orange cassidy last week that m was 100 percent right on if we're supposed to be thinking that he's lazy and a little bit of a, of a sloth and very uninterested in everything he walked into that ring like last night like he owned that ring like and everybody cleared out of there when him and the best friend showed up and it was totally unlike everything that we've been seeing from Cassidy so far. And I will say when M is right, M is right. I think that. Wait, wait, wait. I, I, I'm sorry. I think my. Oh, audio- can you explain why M was right? Yeah. Oh, okay. my God. Yes. Okay. Because look, Cassidy had been built up until the feud with Jericho as this lazy guy who when he you know he didn't even want to he did like when they when he came out for the ladder match at double or nothing had to stop at the announce booth because he forgot what the definition of a ladder match was and then he didn't even want to set up the ladder he stood on top of the ladder to jump to see if he can get the chip that's how lazy he was all of a sudden last week he's able to plan the orange juice falling from the ceiling and then this week he's leading the charge to make the save for the Jurassic Express. It's not making sense for Hey, listen, all the- Orange Cassidy's had enough. They, they've pushed his buttons. Like, like if, if we're thinking about it in the, um, like, in, in um, trying to make a little logical sense of it, like, um, there yeah, is no, let's, let's, let's imagine it. There let's, is. Use, use the imagination. Um, uh, Orange Cassidy's buttons have been pressed a couple of weeks, so now he's getting more serious. Like you're pressing his buttons now. Now, the, you know the real guy's coming out. I mean, he has his best friends hang Orange uh, uh, up in the ring. Um, Take it. Man. Talk. Go well, ahead, he, Em. I, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Could you repeat? That? Orange Cassidy was being taken serious for once uh, as an actual contender, and that's the problem. I think. That's not the problem. Actually, I prefer Orange Cassidy do a little bit of a segment, but like a little bit faster now. As in, like, dude, people are taking you serious. You got the huge pop. Work your gimmick, but don't work it like the slop style. Like now, take it serious. Like now, people are taking you serious. Like get into it. Like that's how I look into it. Otherwise, people are gonna get bored and be like, oh, this is what he has to offer again month upon month and people are going to get bored and they're not going to care anymore. I'll be honest. I was one of the ones that were a huge Cassidy fan from the beginning. 
But then when he started doing the same spots over and over, I was like, I'm done. He's not he's not producing. Until the Jericho match. And then I was like, wow, he can actually pull off much more than he can. That's the Cassidy that you want to present on TV. You don't want the, uh, oh, uh, uh, and then I'm just going to flip over and, you know, stop that. Let's go into something you can do and actually work. And your thoughts uh, on uh, Cassidy before we move on? I mean, he put it so eloquently. I I don't think I can follow that. I mean, uh, those points were just so uh, intriguing. But uh, I'll try to to do it justice and, and continue. Uh, I, I honestly think he's being overexposed right now. I think I said it last week. That's what I meant. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, and <laughs> I think that, that that's the problem. Is the the mystique is one of the things that that draw him to us. It's the, one of the things that uh, make us buy his t-shirts. Thank you, Randy. <laughs> and uh, that that's um, that's being lost. If he's going out there dropping orange juice on people, if he's going out there being serious and 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 dropping the gimmick that quickly, then the mystique is lost. And I think that he's being overexposed. Uh, I think they should rein it back a little. They should, uh, they should let this one sleep maybe till uh, November. I think uh, that would be the, the wisest move. I don't want to see a rematch so soon, but I get it. They're, they're probably going to do it for all out and they're trying to prepare for it. So it is what it is. Sometimes you get stuck with crappy gimmicks. <laughs> All righty. Or crappy gimmicks so, in, in this uh, That pretty much wraps <laughs> up the AEW Dynamite talk for the night. Uh, we are going to go into one last segment, though. Uh, we are bringing it back this week for, I believe, a third uh, week in a row for uh, this episode. We are going to talk about the uh, WWE. No, I'm just messing. And I just wanted to get a reaction. We're not talking about WE tonight. I promised you guys that one. Um, but we're going to talk about um, highs and lows. So, Randy, you are going to go first. Your highs and lows for this week. I really enjoyed the Bucks Butcher and the Blade match. And I liked the uh, Cody match in the beginning. Had no problems with it. Again, AEW has a way of making you want to go back, even the stuff. If it's not watching live Dynamite or the new episode of Dark, you can go back, and there's plenty of content now available to you on demand. That there's there's a lot of stuff going on in a two hour per, uh, period that you'd want to make sure you catch everything. And you know, there's not a lot you go back and say, "Eh, that was a huge miss by AEW." There's a couple of little things here they miss that are that are you consider misses, but I really don't have much of a problem with uh, the AW product and being able to go back and, and enjoy watching it is, is a pleasure at this point. This is your turn. M, what are your highs and lows for this week? This week, uh, AEW as a whole, minus the women's match, was a high. I, I enjoyed the show. We popped. We laughed. We, we cheered. I, I got a lot of my guesses correctly, and uh, we had a lot of fun watching it. Like I said, the, the low would be uh, Diamante and Ivelisse. They just didn't do it. Carlos, I'm going to strangle you today if you do not stop saying something. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I could feel it. 
So those were my highs and lows. Give me at least two seconds. I'm going to give you two seconds right now. (laughs) All right. So with TNA, I thought actually was the best program. I did not see NXT, so I can't judge. But I thought with NXT, I mean, not NXT, I'm sorry, AEW, they actually did themselves out. The Evelise, um the Monte match, I have to agree, my compadre, really wasn't that great. Like, they tried, don't get me wrong, A for effort, right? So, um, they tried. Uh, no A for effort. If it was. <laughs> no, they tried with the, the whole F- chops, the whole stiff style. No, it was. But. Carlos, I give you that. They definitely tried. You know, they, they, I love the chop. I the love that. The did not develop. And it you know wasn't what? There. The thing is, I'm Hispanic, and it was screaming about like, "Oh, Cuba! Oh, Cuba Puerto versus Rico. Puerto Rico!" But yeah, the, and the, I'm like, sure like 99 of the audience had no idea what the hell they were talking about. Like, even Lisa at one point, she was like, "And, and I told you this before," or something like that. And I'm like, "What the hell did she tell her before?" It, yeah, it that no was sense. actually a horrible match. Yeah, um, it, it turns my stomach. This was one step back for women's wrestling. Um, even Lisa, I knew. Uh, at least I heard. She was a TNA girl, and Diamante, I think, when I saw that her tights was LAX, I was like, all right, she's a TNA girl, too. So they got hired on the spot, and um, it is what it is. Guys, I'm a baby face this week. So, so, <laughs> so I'm going to tell you this. Uh, when I introduce highs and lows, um, it doesn't have to be exclusively to AEW in particular. Um, no, which is why I'm going to justify my highs and lows for this week. So the lows, um, <laughs> for the you lows guys. is going to be uh, extreme rolls. Oh, that was horrible. Extreme rolls. So really quick, great match between Seth and Rollins. Uh, uh, Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio. That is. I thought it was a great match. Great match between Oscar yes, and Sasha Banks until the ending. WWE is always going to get in their own way. We won't talk about it anymore, but that is the low of the week. Um, you know what? Uh, the high, of course, uh, AEW uh, with the big ratings win uh, with 845,000 as opposed to NXT's 615,000. So we can tell, and it was only a matter of time, that AEW would start pulling away again. Uh, AEW has been. Hey, listen, this is AEW Dynamite's main show, so it better be a much better show Wait, than NXT on Wednesday nights. Can I ask you a serious question, Wayne? Sure. When do you think that AEW will be ready to take over? Not just Monday, not just Friday, just like it's ready to actually come back. The big when- circle. When, uh, when they start drawing and WWE's consistently in the ones, that's when... And that's the thing, like, do you think that it has to be in the range, or do you believe, honestly, would be in the content? Oh, it already is. is already surpassing WWE in the content, with the exception of NXT at times, for sure. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Good so it, it, in certain ways, AEW is... Uh, uh, listen, AEW's handled this COVID-19 much better than WWE has. But they copy them, and then they try to uh, on the same time with the uh, uh, the plexiglass uh, barriers, like it's a hockey game. 
That's great. You know, you put you put NXT on another night. AEW will easily draw uh, a one three, one four, maybe even one you know five at the this stage of the game. AEW right now. It's not because of the, the the fanfare. You know what it is? As you saw in this week, Cody was willing to take a power bomb on thumbtacks. It was the fact that they tried something new that you thought that they wouldn't give you. Blood and guts. And that's something that's unique. Carlos, you're right. I didn't see that coming. Because Vince would be like, I don't want my boys to get COVID. No. That's called S. You know? But with AEW, they're like, go out there, do your thing. You're tested negative. I don't care. Just get what you got to get done. And that's the thing with AEW that I have to respect. They're going at it in new approach in regards to in regards to viewership, right? You want to gain viewership, uh, viewership. WWE has garnered viewership, but they don't know how to maintain it because they don't know where to go with storylines. And I'll give you this, Wayne. I did give you credit with this. Monday Night Raw this past Monday was actually pretty decent to watch. Raw's been more watchable. It's just the problem is the star power. Only problem right now. But that's the thing. SmackDown is a whole bunch of problems. He wanted the lesser known guys to get up. And that's how you build business. Um, But no, they want to stick in with your, uh, you know, anybody that's a, a name guy like Braun. You know, you got uh, this guy, the one with the dreads, the loser. Wait, there's a guy with dreads? What happened? What's his name? Uh, Bray Bray White, right? Rotundo, Rotundo. So you got all this stuff, right? Well, no, Bray's not the problem. I got to stop you right there. Bray's not the problem. It's just Braun Strowman doesn't have – he just doesn't have it right now. He he had fire. He had – the time to pull the trigger on him was two years ago. Yeah, until they – Now there's no no tango partners for him right now. And I'm not seeing – Good. I'm not seeing. So that belt was coming off Braun at SummerSlam I could, uh, to the Fiend, and then I think we'll see better title matches and uh, going on from Do there. You were Nicholas's spot. No, I, I was not there. Thank God. Um, and you, I didn't like. I didn't like New Orleans. Like I didn't want to go back there. That make you happier. <laughs> I, that was. Oh my goodness. But anyway, that basically is going to uh, wrap up our show. Right. Uh, a couple of closing shout-outs that I need to give. Um, we well, first off, we have to shout out Randy from Backspeed, uh, Backpage, uh, Back Sports page uh, for. Uh, working uh, with Deep Six Pro Wrestling Podcast and, and for Level then. 1 Games. Um, those who are watching, uh, feel free to also, if you can't watch our videos, listen to us on iTunes, YouTube, uh, iTunes, Spotify, and uh, Google Play. Uh, and make sure you give us a subscribe and share with your friends. Um, but uh, we will be back. This basically wraps up. Week 13, episode number 24, Randy Nostradamus <laughs> M. And Carlos, thank you so much for thank hopping on to the show. Shut his mouth up. He's a loser. So, anyways, he's got a brillo face. 
I told you, <laughs> I'm gonna come on my show again with a Yankee jersey. Um, oh, I will yeah. have to. Biggest baby face in the world. In the world. The I don't, I don't know why I have that on screen tonight. Sorry to break your balls. Um, Yankees won tonight, four to one. By the way, I think that game is officially ringed out. They win by the Hey, listen, I'm happy. Polls here, we, Dodgers and Giants playing right now in a very competitive game, one one top of the fifth. I'm excited for baseball. I'm excited for another World Series uh, championship season for the Boston Red Sox when they defeat the Dodgers. But moving on, thank you, guys listen, guys, for watching. Honestly, and thank you guys for inviting me on the show. It's a privilege. Sorry, but I was Thank uh, you so much for having on, Carlos. We appreciate you. Uh, Randy M, once again, thank you so much. We will be back with you guys next Wednesday uh, for the AEW Talk. And you can catch us Monday live after Monday Night Raw. Till then, you guys have a great night. Love you guys. Good night. Bizarre world.